In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, it is really, really good to have Bob Wismer back. And it's really, really wonderful to have all the Wismer family back. Uh, All of you, most of you are here. Uh, Fellas, I hope you behaved. Did you? (laughs) Giggum. Yeah, do they do they know what that means over in France? And I bet they do. It's good to see you all, Bronwyn. Good to see you. How are you? Good. You look pretty good. Um, it's really good to have Bob back, and um, uh, Father Bates will be back next Sunday, and so uh, all three of us will be back together. And uh, is it good to be back? Oh yeah, the good, the bad, the yeah, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, you can figure that out. Um, that reminds me that that poster that justice is coming. No, okay, that that's sorry. He's distracting me. Um, I had this great sermon, and now I don't even know what to say. Um, no, 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 I'm teasing. Um, I'll have I'll have um, a, a few things to say about Father Bates and Father Wismer next Sunday. Um, it's okay. I mean, it'll be fine. Uh, you can trust me. You can trust me, Bob. Um, so Jesus is standing there and a crowd of people have gathered and someone in that crowd yells out, Teacher! Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. A a rabbi, a teacher in Jesus' time, did not make decisions on how stuff, things, should be divided between family members. There were already specific laws uh, throughout Judaism uh, about that kind of thing. But as Jesus is wont to do in a situation like that, he seizes that opportunity to turn to that crowd and teach a life lesson. And I know this is rather elementary, but but all of the Gospels are full of these parables, these stories that Jesus tells. And they all have a point And everyone he tells, he's trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us how God wants us to live. It's as simple as that. So whenever you hear one of these wonderful parables, these stories, they always have a point and they always have a purpose. In this particular case, Jesus is saying that a person's life doesn't consist on how much stuff, how many things, how much money you can get, you can get, you can gather. As, as a matter of fact, throughout the entire Gospel of Luke, he is reminding us of that particular teaching. Jesus is also saying there's, there's no ultimate happiness, no ultimate fulfillment, no ultimate reward 
in accumulating more and more and more and more possessions. All of that, Jesus says, fades, goes away in comparison to what real life is about. Real life. Keep that phrase in mind, real life, because we'll come back to that in just a minute. Greed is sneaky. Stuff is sneaky. All of us sitting here, everything we have, all the possessions we now have, we, we are convinced that we need every one of them. We convince ourselves how very, very important it is, how necessary it is that we deny ourselves nothing, that we buy, we achieve, we get everything we think we need. And thus comes this warning from Jesus, our teacher, our friend, who is warning us, look out. All that's okay up to a point. It really is up to a point. But look out, be on guard. Real life, true fulfillment doesn't happen because of lots of possessions. Yeah, the, the wealth, the abundance. We, especially in this country, experience every day is, is hard to ignore. God gives us what we need, but, but God, being the loving God that God is, gives us more. And we give God thanks because we really are grateful and, and the gifts keep coming. However, the scriptures... Not just Jesus, but the scriptures are full of warnings to keep us safe from accumulating wealth, our possessions, our abundance beyond a certain point. These admonitions, the teachings are all through scripture, the commandments, the parables, the proverbs. And yet, we like it. We like our wealth, we like our possessions, and we begin to think that we need more. It feeds on itself. It's insidious. We begin to think that we deserve more, that we can't live without more. And it doesn't take long until we're thinking about it doesn't take long until we're thinking about building ourselves a bigger barn. In this short little parable, so profound, Jesus is teaching us about two major characteristics of life. And I really do think we do well to listen. Two major characteristics. Number one, the barn builder or anyone like him is greedy. 
and the barn builder or anyone like him ends up being alone. Greedy and alone. I don't think normally we would put those two things together. We don't see consumerism hoarding, having more and more stuff as our biggest obstacles to our personal relationships. But Jesus does. Jesus does. Think about it. The more this guy focused on his bigger barn, the more he focused on taking care of himself above all else, the more alone he became. He ended up being so alone that at the end of the story, if you really read it, at the end of the story, the narrator even steps aside and let this poor, lonely fellow finish his own story. And that's the warning. That's the teaching. That's what Christ is really trying to get across to us in this parable. That by choosing, concentrating, focusing totally on the bigger barn, you are choosing to isolate yourself from relationships. And the more you do it, the more you worry about your own security and your own future and how much you have, the more alone you will be. Real life consists of relationships, not stuff. I read this parable, I think about this parable, and it makes me want to ask for forgiveness. I want us to ask for forgiveness for every time we choose to build a bigger barn, for choosing totally, being focused upon totally our own needs rather than the needs of others and cutting ourselves off from them. From choosing to hoard all that we have and not sharing our blessings with those who have less than we do. This parable does make me ask God for forgiveness. For not caring more for others. for looking out for myself at the expense of those around me. Amen.